Blog Talk Radio. Empowered Love with author, self-mastery coach, and relationship expert, Melanie Tanya Evans. Take back your power, heal your soul, and set yourself free. Free through Empowered Love. And now your host of Empowered Love, Melanie Tanya Evans. Hi everyone, I'm Mel and welcome to another Empowered Love Radio show. And Empowered Love Radio is now being broadcast live across the Speak Up and Talk Radio Network and you can listen to their shows by going to speakuptalkradio.com. This week the radio uh, radio show and article is called Addiction to the Narcissist. And I don't know that I've ever written an article specifically on this topic done a show on it before and I think it's really important that I do because feeling addicted to the narcissist is one of the most horrible and powerless things about suffering the trauma of narcissistic abuse and it truly does defy all logical explanation people standing on the sidelines can't comprehend it it would seem obvious that you would want nothing to do with someone who continually hurts you And it seems incredulous that you're not able to logically define that this person is no longer worth one scrap of your energy and that you can't simply stop thinking about them and move on. But narcissistic abuse is anything but simple. Your friends and family may be incredibly frustrated seeing you go back to a horrendous abuser over and over again or that you can't stop talking about the abuse and what they did. Logically to them it is so obvious. Stop going over and over it and get on with your life. But these people are not chemically, cellularly hooked, they're not addicted. And there is no way they could understand the crippling pulls that are so overwhelming that it feels like you will actually die if you don't reconnect in some way with the narcissist even if only by thoughts. In this radio show, I want to take you on the deep and truthful journey of addiction, what it is, how it plays out, and how to break free from it. So what does addiction to the narcissist mean? If we're addicted to the narcissist, fundamentally what it means is that we can't stop thinking about him or her. The narcissist is front and centre in our mind to such an extent that we're finding it hard to have focus, energy or space for other things in our life. In this state, it's incredibly hard to create a new life away from this person and maybe we haven't even got to any remote belief that leaving or moving on could be possible. We may be fruitlessly hanging on trying to force this person to see what they are doing and change so that our anxiety can lessen. This takes the level of addiction and anxiety to another level, generally one of great despair and powerlessness and as a result it may be nearly impossible to even perform basic self-care for ourselves. Or maybe even though we are holding no contact, It is like this person is still living inside us and not in a nice way. 
The mental torment may be unbearable with the triggers of everyday life setting off yet another thought about this person. Thoughts about what they did. How could they do that? Why did they do that? How they should not have done that? How we could have done that? If only this had happened instead and why didn't I try that? And what is going to continue to happen? We're terrorised about the past, feeling extreme anxiety in the present and completely disturbed about the future. You may be amazed how many months, years or even decades later, even after the actual abuse has ended, how this person is still living inside you and your energy is being sucked dry trying to cope with that. You may not have laid eyes on the narcissist or even heard his or her voice for decades, yet you are still addicted to thinking about the narcissist. You may not have ever thought about this as an addiction, but I promise you it is. And as you listen to this radio show, you're going to start to understand why. From my personal experience and having worked with many others, I have to say that addiction to narcissists is right up there amongst the toughest of addictions. I've had hard drug addicts tell me that heroin was nothing compared to beating narcissistic abuse addiction. I don't want to tell you that to scare you and make you think your situation is hopeless. I really want to tell you that so that you can get the awareness to understand that this is an addiction and it's serious. So let's have a look at the symptoms of addiction. Whether we are in contact with the narcissist or not, our eating and sleeping patterns may have been, become completely dysfunctional and we may be using all sorts of ways to try to ease the pain caused by the obsession and the reoccurring triggers such as cigarettes or food or alcohol or even gambling, shopping, filling our life with social media and distractions or trying to source comfort from other people in unhealthy ways. It is likely within these choices of unconscious attempts to get well and get relief, we are not connected to healthy strategies to look after ourselves and heal the addiction. Maybe we can't even get out of bed, the level of pain and despair is so bad. Maybe in utter self-disgust you've started behaving in ways that you never thought you would. Maybe you're incest and angry and lashing out because people don't seem to understand what you're dealing with in regard to the narcissist. Maybe you are lying about and hiding the fact that you are still in communication or seeing the narcissist. Maybe you're suffering alone because you no longer have the trust and support of those who could help you. Maybe things in your life are falling apart because you are falling apart. Maybe it's become impossible to hold down your, your job. And maybe friends, family and key people in your life are turning away. Maybe things have got so bad that you are virtually selling your soul for any bit of attention from the narcissist, good or bad, akin to a drug addict licking the crumbs of powder off the floor regardless of the kicks to your self-esteem and life in order to get them. That level of addiction is horrible to anything, not just narcissists. 
addiction can kill people at this level and narcissistic addiction is no different. I remember all of this. I was there, the addict from hell, falling deeper and deeper into the devastating addiction. It got so bad that I thought the only way out was to end my life. I believed I couldn't live without him and I was totally aware that living with him was killing me. It seemed I was doomed either way and death would be the only release. Thank goodness I didn't make that choice and I found the way to free myself. Otherwise I wouldn't be here sharing what I learnt today. What I do know is this. It is vital to admit you're addicted. If you are going through what I've described, I promise you, in order to take your power back, you need to stop pointing the finger at the narcissist and the crazy stuff he or she is doing and you need to admit you are not well. Yes, you are addicted. And you need to stop putting the future of your sanity and life in the hands of what the narcissist is or isn't doing. And take full responsibility to learn about your addiction, understand what is really going on and start healing it. I can assure you, if you wait for the narcissist to fix it for you, you are never going to get well. And your life could end up being destroyed. Because that is what addictions do. You may have been told by those who advocate victimization that you are suffering complicated post-traumatic stress disorder and that this is normal after the level of abuse and trauma that you experienced. I promise you there is a much greater truth than this. And later in this radio show, I'm going to explain to you how addiction is the symptom and how complicated post-traumatic stress disorder is the follow-on symptom of your addiction. And this goes for you even if you have been able to hold no contact and your symptoms persist. Your symptoms are not because of what the narcissist did or does to you. It's the ongoing addiction cycle that you are not breaking that is causing your deterioration. I want you to understand and start looking at this from a very different way than most abuse forums would have you think about it. They want you to think that you have complicated post-traumatic stress disorder and that this will be with you for a very long time, if not forever, because of the absolute horrendous behaviour of narcissists. No, I disagree entirely. And I've personally lived and facilitated a different truth thousands of times over. I want you to understand you are suffering an addiction and this addiction can be cured. And this means you will not have or suffer the ongoing symptoms of abuse. So I want to be backtrack a little to really lay a foundation here and I want us to investigate what makes us susceptible to becoming addicted to narcissists. And as far as my personal story, overcoming addictions truly for me was the hardest thing about my self-development until I really understood the truth about my addictions. I'd always had incredibly addictive tendencies. Originally it was alcohol, then cigarettes. <clears throat> then being a workaholic, then narcissistic partners. 
Absolutely love addiction was huge for me. I was a classic codependent. The profile being highly intelligent, hardworking, capable, able to make my sense of my life work. Yet I was prone to seeking outside validation and I was terrified about rocking the boat, fearing abandonment, criticism or punishment if I spoke up. And I had great difficulty in trusting my intuition and my emotions. And rather than having the ability to solidly self-soothe, I would go into overdrive trying to fix things more whenever I felt anxiety. My motto was, make sure everything gets done, dot the I's and cross the T's and work harder to ensure no disaster can strike. In short, I was often suffering guilt about what I should be doing. I had severe anxiety about my ability to survive and feel safe in the world and I felt that I was unworthy and unlovable without putting massive efforts in to secure these things. When I couldn't do something with workaholism and obsessive compulsive behaviour to relieve anxiety, I would use a relationship or another addiction to take up the slack, using these choices as an attempt to burn off the anxious feelings. People who don't suffer these codependencies, which means trying to get peace within self from outside of self, have a greater ability to be emotionally solid and self-soothe. And much of that is to do with early childhood programming. And are not as susceptible to making choices that will undermine their self-worth and value. They find it much easier to say no in the first place. These people are not apt to purposefully get drunk, smoke a cigarette, binge on sugar-laden foods, work 20-hour days or punish themselves by staying in an abusive relationship. And they are not defined by others, such as I have to get your approval in order to feel loved and worthy. I promise you I am not saying any of this to belittle you or shame you. I am saying this because this is the truth for most people who have been narcissistically abused. It was certainly my inner emotional life, 100%. And I had to take a great deal of personal responsibility to heal this in order to live, survive and then thrive, which today I gloriously do. Mostly, I am explaining all of this from the inside out to educate you with a deeper understanding of what your urges really are about and how to not just hope to manage them merely manage them, which can be excruciatingly difficult, but rather clean up the real reason that they're there in the first place. So you, this will not just be your recovery, is not, or your attentive recovery is not just attempting to deal with the symptoms, the addiction, but rather it's so that you can be really working at healing the real of your addiction and this is the difference between merely surviving and truly thriving so let's have a look at the powerlessness that we suffer with addiction the hugest thing to understand about the addiction is to know it is a symptom 
of trying to get the panic, fear or emptiness inside our food. And I'm going to create an example of exactly what that panic, fear and emptiness is about with my story soon. But for now, understand that when we are trying to get relief from outside of ourselves and we're making choices from an inner state of disconnection and anxiety, the choices made will always make the panic, fear and emptiness worse. This is a horrible cycle of addiction. It's this initial inner anxiety causing person to go for unhealthy choice as an attempt for relief, which then leads to increased anxiety. That, in a nutshell, is the cycle of addiction. So we can understand from that the bizarre thing about addiction that does not make logical sense is the relief channel, the choice of the addiction, to try and get relief is not effective. So let's say someone has an addiction to sugar, as an example, which contributes greatly to obesity, existing fibromyalgia and chronic fatigue symptoms, self-disgust, lack of self-esteem and all sorts of issues. And even after knowing that, the person craves more of it. The short-term fix is relief from anxiety, yet like an itch that can't be scratched, soon more and more sugar is needed. Immediately, short-term fix gets less and less and requires more and more sugar to be experienced, and short, medium and long-term damage gets more and more pronounced. And this occurs chemically within our bodies with all addictions. So in this case, the cellular body chemically is literally screaming out more and more needily for the compound sugar that is destroying it. So why does our nervous chemical and cellular system want more of what is obviously destroying it? And why is this spiral so powerfully compelling and why does it have such a deadly grip? How on earth is that logical? It's not logical. And we are kidding ourselves if we think it is. And we are kidding ourselves if we think that we can solve it at a logical level. Because this is not the level where all of this is taking place. How many people have tried to beat addictions with mere willpower? If that was possible, truly addictions would not exist. Many, many people with addictions admit that they would like to stop but don't. How many of us wished we had never picked up a cigarette? How many of us wish we didn't drink again and behave the way we did? How many of us wish we had not made that sexual choice? How many of us wish we could just leave an abusive person and never look back? If we desperately want to stop an addiction and can't, We need to admit we are powerless over the addiction because we are. Science proves to us that we are. At the level of the cognitive mind, we have a mere 5% power. 
power at our disposal as opposed to the 95% power of our subconscious which is driving us to pick up the addiction of choice. It's like trying to beat an elephant stampede with an ant. So back to why we crave more of what is destroying us. Forget logic, throw that out the window because what I'm about to explain has nothing to do with logic and it has nothing to do with how intelligent you are. In fact, the more intelligent you are, the less you'll be operating from a centre of emotional intelligence and the more you are prone to suffer from emotional addictions that you are trying to control logically. The most addicted, hooked people I've ever worked with, including myself, are usually the most intelligent for this reason. They're the people that are trying to work at the level of their life cognitively instead of being emotionally in touch with themselves. So I'll use this example first to give you a real life example of what goes on. Imagine you eat a slice of chocolate cake that you were previously denying yourself and now you feel an incredible surge of guilt and maybe even self-disgust. You promised yourself you weren't going to eat it you caved in, you had no self-control and now you're back to square one. You've just blown your calorie count. So you beat yourself up pretty severely. Then half an hour later, you have an even greater urge to go for another slice of chocolate cake. Why? Now you're manically wrestling with yourself again and your mind is giving you all sorts of reasons to give in. Such as, I've already blown it. So I'll start my diet again tomorrow. I'll work harder at the gym this week to make up for it. Or maybe you are just so self-disgusted, you say to yourself, you fat pig, go on, gorge yourself. Why not? You're unlovable anyway. You may as well eat, be fat and at least be happy. Why have you had this terrible downside after telling yourself how horribly disappointed you were with your own behaviour after the first slice? Surely that would deter you from doing it again. You cutting the second slice after that makes no logical sense. Okay, like I said, please throw away the logic because until you are willing to understand life and yourself, at a quantum, energetic, emotional level, you are nowhere near the truth. Like I wasn't for years. And this is not some new age woohoo, as some people like to accuse me and others of. It is actual science. And if you do the science, if you do the research on the work of people like Joe Dispenda, Dr. Joe Dispenza or Dr. Bruce Lipton, you will understand the truth about all of this. So do the research if you want to understand it. But really, life should show you. Absorb this information I'm sharing with you and then look at every aspect of your life and you can't deny that the irrefutable truth is all around you, smacking you over the head. The reason that you went for a second slice of chocolate cake is because everything 
that you focus a lot of emotional energy on, good or bad, it makes no difference, means you are saying a whopping great yes to that thing. You have just cemented that which you focused on into your life as your reality and you have called forth more of it. Your huge energetic reaction to having the slice of chocolate cake completely and utterly set up the urges to create having a slice of chocolate cake again. Now if you had had a decision to not have chocolate cake that was calm and solid without the emotional beat up, traumas and chemical peptides being manufactured in your hypothalamus, and being secreted through your bloodstream and absorbed by the cells of your body, then you would have been able to not have another slice of chocolate cake. And that was the chemical reason why it happened. It was your huge emotional reaction which set off that chain of events. And what that was about was your unresolved self-judgments and self-loathing that caused you to have that chain of reaction that, that chain of events chemically in your body that caused you to take actions that would then create more self judgments and more self loathing because the cells of your body, addictive entities that they are, would not have started chasing the massive chemical rush that you supplied them with thirty minutes ago. The high of the trauma of eating the first slice of chocolate cake was so high that the low was a withdrawal and the cells wanted the high to get out of that low. Ugly, isn't it, that your cells interpret trauma as a high? They actually interpret any big chemical emotional reaction as a high. Please understand this. Your cells are totally unconditional. Energy is energy. Good or bad, it makes no difference. Think about this. I know when anyone complains to me about bad drivers or not getting car parks, especially when they have a big emotional charge wrapped up in their complaints, that they suffer bad drivers regularly and don't get car parks. I know that people who believe they are victims are continually victimised. I know that people who are not willing to look at life at a chemical level and are struggling with logic to try to change their life are fighting an uphill battle, especially if they are continually perceiving and relaying negative states of victimisation, anxiety, depression, powerlessness and trauma. Now here is the thing, they are addicted to these states and unconsciously making choices that add to them. Let's go back to the chocolate cake. The second slice came about because of the chemicals of trauma as a result of eating the first slice. So what do we think happens when we're stuck in the manufacturing of trauma regarding what the narcissist did to us? I'll tell you what happens. Our cells chase more of it. So we continually think about what happened to us. We come up with all sorts of twisted excuses to make contact and touch the stove repeatedly that is burning us. 
We literally cannot let go of the very source of our trauma. Yep, the narcissist, even if that just means thoughts of the narcissist. I promise you with all of my heart, if I believed in you that banging on about the narcissist and sharing war stories was helping us heal, I would be all for it. But it doesn't. All it does is spread the poison and create more peptide addiction and more abuse victimization throughout people's systems. It causes people to remain hooked, obsessing, going back, lining themselves up to be abused and teaching their children how to be victims as well. It does not break the horrible cycle any more than repeatedly beating yourself up over eating chocolate cake does. It is the very epitome of cementing powerlessness and the addiction to pain and abuse even deeper. This is why recovery is all about getting out of the addiction. People sharing war stories and abuse forums are deep in the addiction and are repeating the same stories years later and they experience the same pain every day even years later. They are literally addicted to the chemicals of grief, victimhood, despair, powerlessness, helplessness, anger and resentment. Then this is called complicated post-traumatic stress disorder and blamed on the narcissist mostly. And I understand this because I had complicated post-traumatic stress disorder, adrenal malfunction and agoraphobia through the roof at levels that I was told were medically impossible to heal and could only ever hope to be managed with permanent antipsychotics. The truth I discovered bed no resemblance to any of that. When I cleaned up my addictions that were fueling and feeding my trauma and cleaned up the reason for the generation of trauma in my life, I was trauma free and on a trajectory of a completely different life. Then all of these symptoms vanished completely, completely. And I opened up to the organic state of radiance that we are all organically without these faulty states of living. Narcissistic abuse and all that went with that was then not my reality. And it does not need to be yours. So let's really unpeel the truth that addiction is the symptom. So we've looked at addiction to the narcissist or anything and how we're powerless to beat it at a logical level. In fact, we're powerless to heal any addiction and maybe we can only ever hope to precariously manage the pulls and the triggers until we look at the true reason we are reaching for an addiction. The addiction is only the symptom. There is a deeper cause. The deeper cause is anxiety and emptiness being caused by an emotional wound. A young, precarious, underdeveloped part of ourselves that feels unsafe and fearful. 
a part of ourselves that feels it needs something outside of ourselves to take away the pain. If we find and address this part of ourselves, there is no addiction. At this point, I'm going to share my story about breaking my addiction to cigarettes. I'm going to talk about narcissists later. Because breaking my addiction to cigarettes is an easy to understand example. And for those of you that are cigarette smokers and struggling, this could greatly help you. I was a cigarette smoker since 15 years of age, a heavy smoker. And that addiction continued on even after narcissistic abuse recovery. Of course I wanted to not smoke, but I figured that was pretty much impossible. Because apart from when I was pregnant, when smoking made me physically ill. I'd only ever been able to stop for three weeks and that had been excruciatingly difficult. That was until I remembered what I'd learnt about recovery from my addiction to narcissists. I remembered the absolute truth. Cigarettes had nothing to do with my addiction to cigarettes. Cigarette smoking was only the symptom of how I was trying to get relief from the true cause. Therefore, all I had to do was find the true cause and heal that. And no longer would I be compelled to put a cigarette in my mouth when I really didn't want to. Just like the narcissist, smoking was a horrible, self-destructive choice attempting to self-medicate inner fear, pain and emptiness. So the answer, what was the answer to giving up cigarettes? Simple. Stop the self-medicating choice, smoking a cigarette, and fully be with, find, meet, and up-level the wounds with quantum freedom healing. So, once the light went on and I realized cigarettes had nothing to do with it, I put the remaining cigarettes in my packet under a tap and then threw them in the bin and then sat with myself waiting for the anxiety to hit now that the self-medicating drug, cigarettes, had been removed. And it did. I was ready. Diligently, I dug into myself deeply into my subconscious and found significant wounds that were to do with loneliness, wanting connection, companionship and conjoining. These young, sad, depressed, separated parts of myself were craving connection and going for connection with cigarettes. Something to light up and connect to. Something to keep me company. When these terrible feelings of deeply unconscious loneliness would hit. These wounds were so deeply unconscious that I didn't even realise they were emotionally controlling me. And we usually don't realise until we get in contact with our subconscious. So one by one by one, I shifted every young wound of loneliness out of my body that I could find and brought in the glorious warmth, love and connection with my higher power. I then passed this through to and filled up my inner child and I integrated with her and then conjoined with all of life as one. These true self feelings then became my emotional truth. I promise you this, even in the midst of untangling and healing this stuff, took about three days, 
I did not have one craving for a cigarette ever. I wasn't even thinking about cigarettes because I'd become totally irrelevant for the first time in three decades. Cigarettes were done because I was fully focused on nailing and healing the true reason why I ever tried them or craved them in the first place. So now, do you understand the truth about addictions? So I'm going to share with you now my journey with detoxifying the addiction to narcissists. The first narcissist in my life was a horrendous addiction process that took years. The reason being was because I was trying to work at it from a victimized logical level with no quantum understanding or tools. Even personality disorder recovery specialists had no understanding of the chemical addiction. Not one therapist told me about it or the horrendous chemical withdrawal process that my body was going through. There was no information or processes available to deal with this. And I searched far and wide. Looking back, I know I was undergoing withdrawal symptoms that made living sometimes a matter of survival minute to minute, which contributed to me breaking no contact over a dozen times and ended in my complete psychotic and physical breakdown that was so severe it almost ended my life. My life was going to end anyway the way I was headed, either through a self-destructive choice, terminal, terminal illness or an accident. There was no other way it could have gone because my addiction had spiralled completely out of control. Thank goodness I had my awakening and started seeking the real answers to recover or I never would have. Second narcissist was a walk in the park regarding breaking the addiction to him. Straight away when I decided to end it forever, I knew he was only the symptom of deep inner wounds I needed to find and heal and that was my full focus. The most significant wound regarding second narc was my total terror of abandonment. He had targeted a three-year-old wound that had been alive in my body since that age, an emotional unconscious fear that I would be annihilated if abandoned, which is exactly the emotional decision and the terror I'd experienced as a three-year-old. And the narc played on it and he would belt and trigger that wound continually. I didn't have to be an energetic Einstein to work out this wound and it played out horrendously more times than I could count in the relationship. I knew the drill. Use quantum freedom healing. Look at what hurt, feel it in my body, track it, release it and up-level it, reprogram it. Absolutely, I went through days and weeks of deep healing, wailing out wounds and up-leveling them purposefully in order to detox the trauma and heal myself as quickly and as powerfully and as directly as possible. Yet not once did I consider contacting him, want to contact him or have any illusions that he was healthy or desired in my life. I had zero attraction left. 
There were obsessional thoughts regarding the usual assortment of <clears throat> narcissistic lies and betrayals, adultery and obscene acts, which I needed to release from myself cellularly and liberate myself emotionally from, but not once did I wish that he was in my life. This made matters so much easier to heal than first narc, because this time round from the onset, it had nothing to do with a narcissist. It was all about healing me. Second narc fallout was minimal. Smearing and ongoing rubbish was non-existence and there was zero stalking, antics and trauma. I know this is because I had changed so much. I wasn't hooked. I wasn't feeding it. I was disconnecting so fast and I was claiming back my energy and my life so much more effectively than first time around. Before too long. I could go to any memory and it felt totally benign. No emotional charge because I'd done such a great job of releasing it and healing it from myself. Detox accomplished. Yes, I did have practical and financial losses again. But this time I was able to release and heal the regret so much faster. Rather than being stuck in the victimhood and despair that I'd suffered and regurgitated so much in the past with NARC number one, which had delayed my recovery so much. And my mission was, second time around, no more peptide addiction to states that I firmly did not want to experience or have in my life anymore. And that was never going to happen unless I released the poison and raised my consciousness to a level where they were not my reality. There was no other orientation to have if I wanted to break free and get well. So we have three choices with addiction to the narcissist. The first one is remain hooked, even if just with ongoing obsession, and get further destroyed by accumulating more panic and emptiness and an even greater addiction that will never be soothed and will in fact need greater and greater doses of the pain to try to get any type of relief. It's a spiral into a bottomless pit. Well, the second is try to get away and stay away or even stop trying to think the thoughts without reprogramming the very reason that you are trying to self-medicate unconsciously with the narcissist, which is agonizingly terrible and feels like you are going to die. And the reason why is because you are trying to beat unconscious programs with your cognitive mind. And that means that you are trying to defeat inner survival programs that are so much more powerful than us. Or the third is make it all about yourself and all about reprogramming your subconscious wounds so that you can break free from the horrible cycle once and for all. Truly free of it. Where you don't have to manage it and where you're not trying to manage abuse symptoms. You're free of all of it. The Narcissistic Abuse Recovery Program, my program, is your absolute solution to achieve option number three. 
So let's just touch on after breaking free from the addiction, choosing to touch the previous addiction. It's really important to not be fooled and think if I just heal the reason why I go for the addiction, then I won't be addicted and I can continue seeing the narcissist on my own terms. I no longer have any urge for cigarettes, but this doesn't mean that I choose to still occasionally smoke one. They're toxic. They're poison. They have no place in my orientation of loving, respecting and caring for myself now. Somebody asked not long ago what to do if they ran into the ex-narcissist and should they be the bigger person and say hello. And this is just a function of our ego wanting to appear a certain way, thinking that would be the bigger person by saying hi. So my answer with this is, if I ran into an ex-narcissist, there would be nothing for me. No acknowledgement, no words, no energy, nothing from me at all. Even if they acknowledged me, there would be nothing. The reason being, narcissists are not my reality. They don't get any energy from me ever. I know if I connect even with a glance or an acknowledgement, I'm buying into an energetic, chemical, dark void of games, manipulation, agendas, nastiness, undermining an ego that's always unhealthy, unsavoury, soul-destroying and toxic. I wouldn't pick up a heroin needle or a crack pipe, so why would I pick up a narcissist again? So in closing, I really hope that this radio show helps a lot. It's a lot of information to take in. And you'll be able to read about it on the blog article to really go over it and take it in. And self-reflect it to your life. And really put it to the test with thinking about incidences in your life. And do the research if you want to do deeper research on chemical addiction and what's going on. Addiction is serious. It's deadly. And it's excruciating when it's got hold of you. Then so often we make choices and we get addicted to secondary addictions to try to escape the first addiction. And this may be medication, another toxic relationship, or continual victimised nut bashing on abuse forums, or other choices that cause more disconnection from ourselves and more pain and are not dealing with the true reason for the addiction in the first place. That's not living and it is not the organic life of well-being that is our birthright to experience when we take the path back to the truth. I want to help you achieve this, the path back to the truth. Because it's my life mission to help as many people liberate themselves from narcissistic abuse as possible. In my three keys to thriving after narcissistic abuse webinars, thousands of people worldwide have already learned about the true quantum level of what is really going on and how to truly heal. Many people, as a result of my webinar, in record time, have started breaking free from the agony and begun to connect to life at levels that were not accessible even 
before narcissistic abuse. And this can be your reality too. So I'd love you, please join me in my next webinar and my webinar private Facebook group. And you can do that by signing up at www.melanietoniaevans.com forward slash free webinar. And I'll give you that address again www.melanietoniaevans.com forward slash free webinar. And also too, you'll see the full transcript of this radio show on blog.melanietoniaevans.com. It's my latest blog article. And please know people that when you are asking questions on my blogs, Please post on my latest blog article if you want a response, not previous ones, because time-wise it's really impossible for me to be able to get back to all of them. But I absolutely do respond to every question and comment uh, that I possibly can on my most recent blogs. And in this transcript, you're going to be able to go deeply into an understanding of what is playing out in regard to addiction with the pain and emotional suffering of narcissistic abuse that you may be going through. So that is it from me everybody and I hope that's helped and lots of love until next week. Bye bye.